on episode 42 of the Hitman Podcast. Chris and myself break down the trade deadline. Bro, there's a whole bunch of deals going on here. The Bulls were active. Nuggets got active. I mean, the Celtics, the Blazers. We're going to run through all of that for you guys and let you know our reactions to a lot of these trades and a lot of these transactions that went on. Me and Chris also get into a Chris Paul debate. Is he better than John Stockton? I think so. Kyrie versus AI, who would you take? And Draymond, the best defender ever? We talk about the NFL and the Saints paying a pretty penny for their COVID violations. Quick hits, we get off into the Holyfield Tyson bout. Jamie Foxx playing Iron Mike Tyson in a miniseries. Nice. Tank Davis in trouble with the law. The new versus lineup. A Cubs prospect pretending to be Pablo Escobar. And we get off into snowfall and what's going to happen after they renewed for a fifth season. Yeah. Of course, we got the sneaker rundown. Chris got a couple stories for you guys as well with that. The game show and shout outs. Episode 42 of the Hitman Podcast coming to you right now. You already know what's the deal. It's the most valuable podcast in the world. It's the Hitman Podcast. Chris checking in. I ain't even trading that Trader Joe's no more. I'm going to Trader Moe's. What's up, bro? Where you at with it? How you feeling? Man, it's a lot going on. I'm feeling good. All these moves, all these transactions, teams trying to win a chip. I love seeing teams go for it. So um, I'm feeling good, man. Uh, how you feeling, bro? I'm cool. I'm ready to pod. I don't even want to waste no time. I was in Milwaukee last night. I seen two teams going in two different directions. And uh, the trade deadline kind of showed us who's really trying to move in, a, in one direction, move towards championship status, and who kind of like cool with selling tickets when the fans back, get back in, into the situation. But I don't know, man. <laughs> a lot of this stuff was cool. A lot of this stuff I really wasn't impressed with, but we're going to get off into it in a second. You decent, though? Oh, man, always decent, man. Things are, things are good, man. It's You know, the weather's starting to break, so we're getting into that. Um, I hope you ain't going spring break. You went out there in spring break in Miami because I know you be moving. I was just out there with you last week, bro. Man, hell no, nah, boy. I ain't going hell. nowhere else. I'm chilling. Oh, I thought you were talking about out there with me in Miami. I'm like, hell no. Nah. <laughs> Nah, and while you talking, don't tell nobody about my moves, bro. You got on me a couple weeks ago about telling people what you got going on. Oh, yeah, you know. You know, man, you, G14 classified information. I ain't, I'm like, unless you was in Miami, I'm sorry. If you was in Miami, my bad, bro, my bad. That's all. I just seen on social media, like, they running it up in Miami. It's up. 
it was damn near in a state of emergency. So I was just trying to make sure you was good, you know, stand stand true to your COVID protocols and shit like that. Moami, that's what we're gonna call it from now on. Fuck make no. sure y'all rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> Hit us up in the mailbag, the Hitman Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on the Instagram. Labeled and known, Mo underscore Sal One, and of course the Hitman Podcast. Let's get off into the Woo Up the Bams for the week. Woo Up yeah, the Bams. Y'all know we started NBA trade deadline ended about thirty minutes ago. One of the biggest moves in the situation: Nikola Vucevic on his way to the Chicago Bulls. You feel me? We got an All Star on the roster now, man. Yeah. Um. Big big trade. Uh. I love what the Bulls have done. I think that they come out of the trade deadline as the obvious winners. Um, management has now looked at it like, hey, we try to get, they, they let some of that young talent try to develop, but you know, new GM came in and he's looking at it and he got rid of, he got rid of everything that I think he felt was in, in no disrespect, dead weight. Dead weight. Um, got rid of people and attitudes maybe who weren't, didn't, you know, come off as like winners and with this Vucevic trade you get an all-star you get an all-star who's averaging close to I don't want to say 22 points a game 11 rebounds a game he's giving your favorite center problems um he's a very skilled big man who can step out and hit the mid-range and even extend his range out to the three I think you pair that with him and um Zach Levine and you get Kobe White and you got Pat Williams there, you got a very, very solid core. Um, I think the Bulls are now a playoff team with an identity. And our identity is uh, there's no, it's not going to be a night off when you play them at all. So um, let's talk about it. The, Vuce, the Bulls get Vucevic. Uh, they move, what is it, uh, Daniel Gafford and Chad Hutchinson to Washington for Troy Brown and Mo Wagner. But then they ended up trading Mo Wagner to the Celtics for Daniel Tice. Right. Um, I mean, they were making moves. I love it. I love it. Um, you got Otto Porter out of there. Um, I I just like somebody told me I forgot he played for the Bulls. Um, it just seemed like he was just. Grabbing I did. I hated there. Otto Porter. I hated him when he got the move. When they made the move, it was yeah, a, it was it was a cap move. It wasn't nothing special. I didn't want him on there in the first place. Yeah, they paid him a lot of money. And uh, honestly, it didn't pan out the way it was supposed to. But like I said, AK came in, he analyzed his team. He let them go through the first half of the season and he did what needed to be done for this team to make the playoffs. Um, the Magic received Otto Porter Jr. and Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, Wendell Carter, we, we picked him in the draft in the lottery a couple years back. Uh, if you got the chance to make a, a, a play to get a player like Vucevic and also Al Farouk Amino comes from in, um, Orlando in this deal as well. If you have the chance to do that and you give up Otto Porter and Wendell Carter, I think you do it. Um, very aggressive move. It shows that the Bulls are um, in a position where they want to win and they want to win now. Uh, so I applaud these moves. They get an A from me. Bulls 19 and 24 in the East right now sitting in the 10th hole behind the Pacers in the division, as well as the Milwaukee Bucks, who played the Boston Celtics last night when you spoke about Daniel Tice. Um, the Celtics are not moving in the right direction at all. Um, I was just in a, shout out to NBA Fan Club on Clubhouse, I was in there 
chopping it up with some of the guys that work over at TNT and we were talking about the situation with Boston. It's almost like they need addition by subtraction. Y'all know how I feel about Brad Stevens already, but they got way too much talent. We was looking for them to make a move with Kimba. Was looking for them to make a move for a big man, whether it be Aaron Gordon, whether it be um, Larry Markkinen, or one of the one of the cats out of Denver, whether it be Bobo or anybody that they could get over there for rim protection because they don't play Taco Fall. He's too slow. Uh, Footwork-wise, to be out there, to be other than a defensive liability. So, for the Bulls, I mean, I like the moves. I don't love the moves. It's not. It's but it's a step in the right direction. AK is a Euro. You know, he's always been looking at Euro players from the jump. I still need to see more from Patrick Williams. But salute to the home team for putting the best foot forward and putting Billy Donovan in a position to take the team to the next level. You know what I'm saying? But as far as the magic goes, you already spoke to it. They had a fire sale. Boom. Vucevic goes to Chicago. Aaron Gordon goes out west to the Denver Nuggets for Gary Harris and RJ Hampton. And a first. Mm. They still got Markel folks coming off injury. They still got Jonathan Isaacs coming off an injury. They did a fleece. It looked like uh, the episode of Fresh Prince when Will Smith standing in the living room. That's who, that's how Terrence Ross probably feel right now because everybody around him, you feel me, gone. They got Cole Anthony. They got Terrence Ross. And then when Fultz and Isaacs come back, that's going to be, you know, they they their core. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so not I much actually, is out there in Orlando right now. Well, I like what they did. I hate um, it. I love it because they made a choice. Hey, this core with Vucevic and Aaron Gordon, he asked for a trade. Once Aaron Gordon asked for a trade, I think that they took a look at it, looked at the roster and said, got a lot of young players. Um, let's go ahead and get Vucevic out of here because he shouldn't be here for a rebuild. He's already established. Aaron Gordon wants out. But in return, you get RJ Hampton and Gary Harris. I believe that the Magic, and this is me, I think they won this trade. Um, Aaron Gordon, I mean, he's huh? averaging four. Yeah, yeah, they won this trade. Huh? Uh, yeah, I, I'll explain. Aaron Gordon, um, he averages 14 points, about four rebound, five, six rebounds. Um, he shoots 43% from the field. For his position at power forward, I believe that that's not, you know, that's not the highest of field goal percentages. He actually has made a little bit of boost in his three-point shooting this season. Um, but when he goes to Denver, I don't know what his role is. I, I feel like his role is going to be more of a defensive um, player than offensive option. Um, he's not the best shooter. He's not the best scorer. Um, I think that, and we talk about guys that are overrated. I believe that Aaron Gordon is one of those guys that are overrated. You can't tell me. I'll give you the floor. But I want you to let me know what Aaron Gordon does really well, except for dunk and jump. So you know around. he just went for forty the other night, right? Somebody got to go for forty on a bad team. I know you ain't talking. Listen, man. Being honest. Listen, man. I like I like the move uh, for Denver, picking him up. He's an athletic big. He's gonna fly around the rim and he's gonna give them uh, another presence on the defensive end of the floor where you can't count on Michael Porter Jr. to give you that. And it also opens up the rotation for Bo Bo to get more minutes, which is what, we, what we've all been waiting for for almost two years now. You feel what I'm saying? Uh, this, yeah. in my opinion, this, in my opinion, makes the Nuggets a top four team in the West, especially when the Lakers are handicapped and the, the Clippers, who just made a move today uh, at the point guard position. But nobody believes in the Jazz. The Lakers are hurt. 
this is a perfect opportunity for the Nuggets to, to jump them in the standings and to get that home court advantage with a move like this. I don't like them giving away Gary Harris. He was great on defense, and when he came off of an injury last year right on time for the playoffs, he did well. He did really well. Even, even you know, not even having his full C legs underneath him. They missed Will Barton um, in the playoffs, but Nikola Jokic is having an MVP-type season numbers-wise. I think this was good for the Nuggets to add another offensive. I mean, yeah, another offensive athletic presence. Mm, I think that's that, me in terms of in yeah. terms of them having to keep up with scoring. Whether they go up against the Jazz, whether they go up against the Suns, whether they go up against the Lakers at full strength, they're gonna need that size. They're gonna need that athletic. And my thing is, y'all were screaming that y'all wanted AG on the Lakers. Everybody said they needed to make a move. Who was y'all? Lakers, all y'all, y'all said, oh, we would like Aaron Gordon. Oh, we like LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh, we like Andre Drummond. All of y'all were saying that they needed somebody else. And now, all of a sudden, because he didn't go to the Lakers, you're like, yeah, he's no. cool, but he don't do nothing great. No, I, I mean, we can go back and replay the episodes. I've never said anything about Aaron Gordon being um, some type of, like, all-star player. One, he's never been an all-star. Two, I didn't say he had to be an all-star. No, well, but he's not. he wasn't even a third-best player on the Magic. It, 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 we, I, we gotta be honest here Aaron Gordon overrated he's not an wow. offensive guy not an offensive wow. guy I don't know how wow, that move bro. I don't know how that move kind of helps that moves the needle for the Nuggets offensively I don't think it does move them offensively I actually like them picking up JaVale McGee from the Cavaliers before I like them picking up Aaron Gordon JaVale McGee gives them a center who can block shots and defend the rim because no, Jokic um, is not the best defender around the rim, even though he is probably the leading candidate with all the injuries, and we'll get into that um, for an MVP candidate. But I don't think that, you know, Aaron Gordon is really a defense. He'll be a good defender on the wing offensively. I don't know, but don't sleep on RJ Hampton, who went to the Orlando Magic. He is going to get his chance now to play, and we will see how good he is. Remember, he skipped college to go overseas and play for one year and, you know, came over to Denver, and they had a loaded team over there. So good for him to get a chance to go to Orlando and show what he can really do. 48 to the Celtics. Again, a, another head scratcher for me. They didn't need another wing. They already got enough wing players, but this had to do with Orlando doing a, a fire sale. We thought this was gonna be a situation that came from Houston. It's surprising to me to see Orlando blow it up. How you feel about 48 to the Celtics? Um, Not bad. Not bad for the Celtics. I've been screaming that um, maybe Orlando, I mean, maybe the Celtics shouldn't have gave Gordon Hayward a max contract, but they should have done what was needed for him to stay because it shows. Um, the Celtics' best players are Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They have to shoot combined, if you kind of look at the numbers, and they were talking about it yesterday on TNT. Those guys have to put up about 40 to 50 shots to score about 50 to 60 points between the two. Um, that's not efficient. They don't have enough scoring around them. You believe in Marcus Smart? I just don't believe he's he's never been he's never been a top-tier shooter in this league. Um, but yet and still, when I watch them play, he's jacking up threes at a crazy rate. Um, Evan Fournier gives them a consistent shooter. He shoots, he shoots um, at his best. He was shooting about 38% from the three, which is pretty good. Um, it gives them somebody to space the floor with. They needed, I mean, there's a reason why they were looking for Harrison Barnes. There's a reason why they went and got Evan Fournier. Um, we can talk about 
rim protection and things of that nature. But the thing about it is the offense for the Celtics looks stagnant. It just looks like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown going one-on-one and then Marcus Smart jacking up threes. So hopefully this helps them out. I think that it's a good move for them because it gets them some consistent shooting. I wish they would have tried to pull the trigger on Kimba for, for Kyle Lowry, but Mm-mm. they figured out what they did. I need them to have pace control. I don't need I don't need more scoring for the Celtics. Kimba my- Walker for Kyle Lowry? Yeah, they need a, they need a space. They need a pacer. Mm. They need somebody to conduct the offense. Kimball Walker has been inconsistent offensively. And on top of that, he's getting a big dog contract, and he's not doing what he's supposed to do with it. Kyle Larry would have came in and told those young boys, look, this is y'all team. Y'all need to step up, especially Jason Tatum, who doesn't know whenever, who doesn't feel like he needs to take over in the fourth. I watched them last night, and they they – they were never in control of the game in Milwaukee. I was out in Milwaukee at that game. They were never in control of that game. And they were down two points. They had a chance to win it. But the reason they were in a position to win it was because it was Milwaukee making all the mistakes. If Milwaukee played 100% perfect basketball, the Celtics would have never had a chance in that game. Uh, Yeah, the Celtics never had a chance. I watched that game, and it was just – it was more about Milwaukee, like, just taking their foot off the gas because they were up exactly. so much the entire but game. But when you have a dog like Kyle Lowry, when you have somebody that's going to be a ferocious competitor as opposed to a Kimball Walker who takes bad shot after bad shot, who's not really consistent on the offensive mm. end of things, and who's not the best passer in the world – that changes the scope of the team. I feel like they have way too much talent to be going in a different direction. And then they, for, for what it's worth, they gave Tice the last shot. And then they end up trading the next day. Uh, Yeah, I see where you're trying to come from with that. Um, you, Yeah, Kyle Lowry is a dog. Um, he's a pit bull. He's somebody that you want in your, you know, in your huddle. Somebody who band, doesn't back down. Somebody who's, you know, um, a soldier, all of that, right? But then you got to really think about it. Does it really make sense for the Celtics to trade a 30-year-old Kimball Walker who, in my opinion, is just coming off of injuries? He's trying to catch his rhythm with this team. Um, He's had some good games. As of recently, since the All-Star break, he's been putting up games of over 20 points. Um, You And then you want to trade him for... Uh, Kyle Lowry, who is 35 years old. I mean, there's a reason why Kyle, Kyle Lowry is now still going to be sitting in Toronto till the end of the year. Um, that that nobody's trying to pay that ticket for a 35-year-old undersized point guard just for heart. Um, at this point in the game, you got to have skilled players. And no matter what you think about Kimba, he's one of the most skilled point guards in our league. He just has to get it together with this team. Let's stay in the Atlantic Division. Norman Powell actually leaves the Raptors. Speaking of the Raptors, he heads out to the West Coast to join Dame Lillard on the Portland Trailblazers for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. I feel like both teams won this trade. This is one of the rare occasions where both teams won. The glaring difference is Norman Powell, I believe, is 27, 26 or 27. Gary Trent is 22 years old. Yeah, um, so that's why you nailed it on the head, and this is why I believe that Toronto won this trade. Uh, Gary Trent Gary Trent Jr. has learned from two of the most professional star guards in this league. Uh, when you're talking about Damian Lillard and you're talking about CJ McCullough, um, they raised him basically raised him right in that system. 
He's learned how to become a professional. At 22, he showed out in a bubble last year. He's came in this year and been a consistent shooter, um, somebody that could trust on that floor with all the injuries that's been going on. So good for Gary Trent because he's going to Toronto where he's going to be able to have a bigger role and he'll be able to, you know, fit right in to what they're doing there in that culture. Um, Norman Powell, quiet is kept. Very, very solid player. Um, word on the street is that he had Toronto had over 15 offers for Norman Power Powell this um this trade deadline. He's averaging 19 points a game. Uh he's a, a great shooter from the outside, he shoots about 40% from the three. Um, he's just having a really, really good year. And above all of that, he has uh bird rights. So whoever team, well, the Blazers got him now, they'll be able to sign him for a, a deal for about 85 million um, based on the cap and the way that the TV deals are gonna go. Um, that's gonna be a discount for a player like Norman Powell. So they get to grab a player that can that they can put in their rotation and keep him there for a while. Um, and not at a discount, but at a very good rate. So yes, both teams win, but I would give the edge to Toronto on this one. Talk about the three-team deal real quick before we get off into the last two big deals of the day. So, the first three-team deal is, I think this one was the OKC. OKC sending George Hill to Philly. Right. Terrence Ferguson going to the Knicks. And then Tony Bradley and Austin Rivers um, and two future uh, second-round picks going to OKC. This trade right here, I mean, I think that this was for Philly. Philly was looking at possibly trying to get Kyle Lowry. Um, it looked like they were asking for too much for Kyle Lowry, so they went ahead and got George Hill. We all know his pedigree. George Hill is um, a defensive player. He's going to play defense, but he's also a great spot-up shooter. This bodes well for Philadelphia um, as they add another defensive player to their rotation and somebody they can trust because George Hill has been in those playoff battles. He's been in San Antonio. He played in Cleveland with LeBron in the finals. Um, this is a, a, a veteran who was a professional, and I think that they win this trade. Uh, Everything else, Terrence Ferguson, young guy, go to the Knicks. He's going to um, fit well in that culture. And then Austin Rivers, I mean, you got to feel bad for him. He's been jumping around here and there. Um, OKC just acquiring picks. They have like 34 draft picks over the next five to six years, which is absolutely ridiculous. 34 so, over the next seven. So they have 17 first-round picks and 17 second-round picks. So that's what, crazy. What that says for Austin Rivers is the journey's not over with because he's going to get packaged with a couple of those picks somewhere down the road for a rebuild. Sam Presti is a wizard when it comes to rebuilding, retooling, and refining the team. 34 picks, 34 protected picks over the next seven years. That is unheard of. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Um, you know, a lot of these picks he's going to be able to deal to get, you know, very good players, maybe a superstar down the line. Um, of course, you're not going to draft 34 players and then just have all 34 in your farm system. So, um, yeah, there's definitely going to be a plan here um, for OKC, but you got to like how, you know, they went from PG and Westbrook and Melo and all of those guys. And um, Presti has been able to turn it into a, a very, very lucrative situation. He just got to turn OKC into a landing destination for high key, you know what I'm saying, marquee free agents that, that want to come out there and try to win a championship. 
good luck with that. Um, a lot of people, you know how people feel about these small market teams, but you know, 34, uh, 34 picks allows you to not necessarily have to, maybe you, you hit a home run with a pick, you know, and then it entices a free agent to come over. So, I mean, 34 picks, you're in a good position to do whatever you want to do. I, I like it. I really do. JJ Reddick traded to the Dallas Mavericks. I had I thought he was gonna be a shoe in to go to the Nets. His family lives in Brooklyn when he was in Philly. He was commuting back and forth between Philly and Brooklyn. I thought that his, he had Barclay Center written, written all over him, but he goes down to spell Luca on the offensive end of the things. How you feel about him leaving New Orleans? I love it. I love it for Luca. I love it for the Mavs. Um they lost uh Curry last year. Uh, Seth Curry to the uh, Philadelphia 76ers and I believe that you know you pick up another shooter in JJ with somebody like Luca who sees the floor so well um, you got to give him space when he's on the floor so he can you know be Luca magic and JJ Redick you know he didn't work out with New Orleans with the Pelicans they got a young team over there they're trying to build something else over there around Zion and Brandon Ingram so you come now to Dallas where you know that offense is fast paced and they want to get up threes i mean that's a perfect situation for him and it makes that team a little bit better going into the playoffs the mavericks also get nicolo melli and in exchange the pelicans get james johnson wes wundu and a second round pick now let's talk about these three picks or these three trades right the yeah. first one i really want to get off into is rajon rondo <laughs> After he just signed a one-year deal to go to Atlanta to kind of take Trey Young on his wing, he's traded back out to L.A., but not to the Lakers. He's traded to the Clippers, which I think is perfect because it's exactly what they needed at the time. The point guard that's going to be the floor general, that's mm -hmm. going to spell Kawhi and PG, put them in mm -hmm. spots to be the best at what they do best. And I think this catapults the Clippers into, if not the number one spot, the number two spot in the West. Tell, tell me, okay. Tell me why again? I'll let you speak. So it's because of, he. so I actually agree with you. Playoff how Rondo, does make, two words, yeah. playoff Rondo. Okay, okay. I can, I can give you that. Um, out of respect for who Rondo is as a, as a point guard and a ball player. Um, I'm gonna give you that, yes. He gives them somebody that they can trust. It gives the Clippers a leader because I don't think they really had that, even though they got Paul George and Kawhi. Playoff Rondo. Talk about it. Um, um, I think that that gives them somebody that can initiate the offense and put guys in positions to be successful. Um, I think it gives them a leader in the locker room. But we got to be honest here. There's another part to this trade. Yeah. Rajon Rondo was traded to the Clippers. And guess who got traded to the Hawks? Lemon Pepper. Lou Williams. Huh. Now, if Rajon Rondo would have been traded for anybody else, I probably might, ooh, you got Rondo, you got Lou Williams coming off that bench. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a problem. But you let probably the greatest six man in history go because you guys couldn't work it out there. Whatever was going on with Teron Lou and going on over there and with the Clippers, I guess it just wasn't working out, so you get rid of Lou Williams. But by no stretch of the imagination is Rajon Rondo going to fill the offensive void, the offensive void that Lou Williams can give you. Lou Williams can come off the bench and at any given time can give you 25 to 30 points in a flash, just like that. 
Rondo is not that type of player. Rondo is more methodical in, in his approach. Rondo is more holding the ball, setting up the offense. Now, when we talk about the Clippers, they got a lot of guys already that kind of hold the ball and want the ball. When we talk about Kawhi, when we talk about PG, um, I don't think it moves the needle so much. I, I love Rondo. I love Rondo. I don't know how it moves the needle for the Clippers because you told me, yeah, playoff Rondo, but what does it mean for that squad? Not every play, like we love Rondo, but Rondo has to fit in a system that allows him to flourish. Who's on that bench for the Clippers? I don't even know. Like, are you telling me that now Terrence Mann is the guy that has to step up and get points off of that bench? Who's the person who comes off that bench and gives them an offensive, offensive punch, offensive power? They lost Montrez Harrell. He's gone. Now you don't got Lou Williams. Rajon Rondo does not come off the bench and give you 25. I don't know what this does for them. I don't. I, I, I'm going to wait to see. Let it play out. But I don't think it moves the needle as much as people may think. Because Rajon Rondo is a big name. But the team, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yo, I, don't, I don't understand you sometimes, bro. When y'all no, got him last year on the Lakers, you was doing backflips. You was happy as hell. And then when he was hitting threes in the play, when he was hitting threes in the playoffs, that was an added bonus because he's not known for shooting at all. But now when he goes to the Clippers, when he goes across the hallway, now it's like I don't know what y'all getting. You know, no, 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 no. I'm not I sure if that was what it was worth. I, lo- for I love Bill. Rondo. You feel me, like Luke. You discounting Lou? What you saying? You saying are you saying Rajon Rondo and Lou Williams are the same type of player? I'm saying I like the move for both for both teams, for both players. The fit is better for both teams and both players. What the Clippers needed was somebody to regulate the system. So now Kawhi, you don't have to you don't have to make the decision on who gets the shot in the fourth. PG, you don't have to make the decision on who gets the shot in the fourth. You have a floor general on the court that goes, "Hey, I'm gonna put you in position to winning. I'm gonna put you in in the best possible position to get you the." shot that you need or put you in a position to make the best pass or whatever the case may be for us to win you get a two-time champion you get a hall of fame point guard that's gonna Mm -hmm. put everybody in a winning mentality that's what the clippers have been missing a a, a mentality like who are we an identity and i think rondo is gonna be the glue that puts them over the top or at least at least makes them the biggest threat to the lakers right now i feel like it's the Mm. nuggets and the clippers with these moves that they made today if the Lakers are still top dog in the West. And so mm. with Lou Will, it gives it also gives the opportunity for Trey Young to say, you know what? I got another dog that's gonna ride with me on the offensive end. He already had Bogdanovich, right? There was rumors going around that John uh John Collins was gonna get looks in terms of being traded here or there. People was looking for Clint Capella to see what might come about with that situation. Now, with Nate McMillan got having them playing much better than they were under Lloyd Pierce. Now, okay, cool. I got somebody that's going to stabilize the second unit. I can kind of do my Trey Young thing. I can become a certified superstar so I can make Moe's arguments on the podcast that much more viable and everybody's happy. I feel like it regulates the system and it resets the board on both conferences. But my thing is, I feel like while you asking me, do I discount Lou Will? I feel like you discount Rondo. That's just me. No, I just, I mean, I'm telling you the honest to God truth. I said it right. I repeat it. If you didn't hear me, I'll say it again. I love Rondo. I love what he brings. I love his leadership. I told you for, for the first time since Kawhi and Paul George, you know, got together, the Clippers now have a leader. Right. Get what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm telling you that. But I'm asking you, let's just have a real conversation. 
Who's coming off the bench to 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 help them out Does when they when they go matter. to the bench when they Does when the Clippers no nah, that's you can't say you, that's Does not then that's and you can't say that the Rondo does not solve that problem. You just got rid of your best bench scorer. You got the person that you can run the offense. By the way, by the way, the last two years in the fourth quarter they were running the offense not through Paul George, not through Kawhi Leonard. They were running the offense through Lou Williams because he gets buckets. He gets buckets. Rondo will put people in positions to score, but who is he putting in position to score off the bench? That's what I'm asking you. If it's not Paul George and it's not Kawhi Leonard, who you you can't name it because I can't name let's, it. Let's circle back to I that because know. there are some names that I want to give you, but they're not with the Clippers just yet. We'll talk about that in a second. Let's get off into this last trade before we talk about that. Victor Oladipo finally gets his wish. He gets traded down south to the Miami Heat to team up with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Yeah, uh, Miami pretty much fleeced Houston. They didn't have to give up anything. Gave up Avery Bradley. He ain't played all year. He hasn't played at all. Um, you just yeah, Miami, Miami fleeced. They fleeced Houston. Houston was holding on to Victor Oladipo, trying to find a, a trade, trying to get some assets. And I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're gonna trade, you, you don't want him there, so you're gonna trade him. But damn, you got nothing back for Victor Oladipo. Um, but if you Victor Oladipo in the Heat, you gotta feel really good. Um, now you got Bam, Jimmy, Victor. Um, they're they're hearing that player. We hearing that you know Lamarcus Aldridge got bought, bought out, and he's looking at the Heat as his potential destination. If they can land him there, it turns into a situation where Miami is looking to go back to the finals. Uh, it's gonna be hard. <laughs> it's gonna be hard as hell this year. Um, but you gotta commend Pat Riley. He always gets it done. Whenever you know the Heat look like they're down and out, or they might they may not have enough. Pat Riley goes and gets it done. So um, good for them. We'll see what happens. I mean, Victor Oladipo seems like he fits very well into that Heat culture. And, you know, they work hard. They play defense. They grind it out. And they just added another score. Ooh, I love the it. Band. So Oladipo has to be more consistent, especially when he gets down to Miami. It's obvious it has been for the past couple of years that he's not a number one or he's not a strong number one. I'll just put it like that. Coming off of injuries, being dinged up here and there. He was giving you 20 points a game in Houston, but that number is skewed because of the fact that he wasn't playing, you know, all those games. He was injured. So if I only play two games and give you 20 points, I'm going to average 20 points, as opposed to giving you 20 points every 25, 30 games. You feel me? So it's going to be a good thing for him when he gets down there with a handful of players that can create their own shot, that can do, you know what I'm saying, be, be great at passing. What they're going to ask him to step up on is the defensive side of things because that's what their identity is. Miami is a defensive team. If they can if they can land LaMarcus Aldridge, which I'm not 100% sure about, I made this point in the conversation I was having the other day. I love the fact that it gives them another rotation that they hadn't had another wrinkle in a rotation, putting Bam and LA on the floor at the same time. So now they can go big, whether they're playing Milwaukee, whether they're playing Philly. Well, even when they're playing Brooklyn, they put their big lineup on the floor. But I think that getting LaMarcus Aldridge is a response to Milwaukee having a big lineup with Lopez and with Giannis on the floor at the same time. And they're starting to streak. Milwaukee's won eight straight. You feel what I'm saying? So. Yeah, Miami. Miami's on the come up. 
I like the Oladipo move, but I I need him to be Oladipo the player. I don't want it to just be all where we traded for Victor Oladipo the name, right? I don't want the name brand to to be consistent with all oh, we're excited because we got Victor Oladipo. If he comes down there and he's trash, then what? But what this what this also says what this also says is the Houston Rockets traded James Harden ultimately for Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk because all of the players that were involved in that deal none of them are in Houston. That's exactly why I'm none saying, of them. Even if, that's why even if it doesn't work out in Miami for Victor Oladipo, it doesn't even matter in my opinion because you spent little to nothing to get him. Remember. Victor Oladipo is a free agent. After right, and he's looking for a max deal. So this is perfect. Miami just won. Miami just won. He's not going to come to Miami. I, mean, I know you're talking about, I need Victor Oladipo to be this. I need him to be that. He's going to be that. It's not even, I, I have no doubts about it. Victor I have doubts. I don't know about you. I got serious doubts. I mean, Victor Oladipo came off a serious injury um, to his leg and He's been balling. He was balling in Houston. He didn't play every game in Houston. But when he played, he showed that he could still get buckets. If I'm Tyler Hero or Kendrick Nunn or Duncan Robinson, I'm doing my damnedest to make sure when it comes playoffs, Victor Oladipo's coming off the bench. That's me. I was in the finals mm -hmm. last year. I was in Don't the matter. finals last year. Don't I'm not taking deep. a back seat because my man's coming down. He's been crying to get on my team for a year. We didn't Shit. need Oladipo to get to the finals last year. Shit. Tyler Hero. Tyler right. Hero will play because he's a young boy. He'll play. You know what I'm saying? But Duncan Robinson. No, no. Duncan Robinson, I've already explained to you. Duncan Robinson only shoots threes. It's like he's allergic to stepping over the line to even go to the hole. Victor Oladipo, I mean, he's not like they have a nice rotation where they all be able to play. But when it's game time and it's winning time, I guarantee you he'll be out on the floor. He's a hooper and he's a bucket for sure. Couple of names that I was looking forward to seeing moved or, you know, situation changed. Kelly Oubre stays put. Obviously Kyle Lowry stays in Toronto. Looking around, we see, you know, Andre Drummond might be getting a buyout, which is crazy to me. I don't understand how he's falling from grace where he doesn't even garner trade, you know, trade consideration. Did you ever think that you would be seeing Andre Drummond negotiating a buyout? Blake Griffin, uh, a buyout? LaMarcus Aldridge, a buyout? That's crazy to me. Well, yeah, because it's not all about just the name. It's also the, the money, and it's the contracts that they have. Andre Drummond is owed a lot of money. So a team is not going to want to take that on and then give up assets at the same time. For Andre Drummond, who... Let's be honest, we call a spade a spade. Andre Drummond is one of the best, he's in his era, in his, since he's been in the league, has been one of the best rebounders in our league. But at the same time, what has Andre Drummond done? He hasn't took his teams to, I mean, he's been in the playoffs a couple times with Detroit, got swept. Doesn't do anything on the offensive end. We've seen his clips online of him trying to go ISO from the free throw line and how that turns out. He is a as a what you call like a specialty player somebody who's good at his role he has to fit on the team for a role so yeah Andre Drummond when it's trade deadline time and teams are like asking the um Cleveland what's up what do you want and they're asking a price 
Some teams like, nah, I'm not for Andre. No. So if I'm so if I'm OKC and I got rid of Steven Adams and I got 34 picks, I don't put nothing together to get Andre Drummond out to OKC to be my to be my rebounding dog, to be my my bloodhound when it comes to getting no. rebounds. No. Nope. 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 Because Andre Drummond is a veteran now. Veteran. He's just gonna leave. Or he's gonna demand a trade. Andre Drummond is a guy who wants to. Be, he does because of how hard he works on the rebounding side of things. Contenders are going to want him, but contenders are not going to want to play a hefty price to get him. So, and if you go get him, if you like, just say for instance, OKC goes to go get him, it'll be the same situation as Cleveland. Teams will be calling about him. He won't be happy because he's not winning. And then you'll have to look to try to trade him again or buy him out. So now he's going to get bought out. He's going to go ahead. He's going to walk to one of these teams. I think it's either going to be Brooklyn or the Lakers. He's going to show and prove because one of those teams will end up in the finals. And then after that, he can go get him a nice little contract for a team that is a winner. I think that that's how that works out. Same thing for LaMarcus Aldridge. He's going on 36 years old. Nobody's going to pay a tab for a 36-year-old power forward who is in and out because of injuries. Same thing. Buy him out. Let him go to a winner. Let's see what he can do. And then you can get paid after that. See, I disagree because... History te has told us that players don't win championships in their 20s. Not like that. They typically are veterans in the in their late 20s, early 30s. Marcus Aldridge gives you experience. He gives you all-star productivity. And my thing is him going to, whether it be the Knicks, whether it be the Lakers, whether it be the Miami Heat, he's going he's gonna to give, it doesn't matter what team, in my opinion. I feel like he just wasn't motivated in San Antonio any longer. He's been trying to get out of there for a while. For a long while. And so my thing is when he goes to another yeah, team, yeah. they're gonna get they're gonna get the best effort that he has. Cause this is probably gonna be his last stop, in my opinion, unless it's gonna be like a journeyman situation. Yeah. And if I'm Lamarcus Archers and I'm thinking legacy, I don't wanna have a bunch of jerseys with my name on it. I want Miami to be somewhere or wherever it is, because it's not a sure thing that he's going to Miami. Or even Andre Drummond. Like you said, I have had marginal success and I'm one of the best rebounders in the game. I'm one of the best big men in the game if you ask anybody. So my thing is I want to get coupled with a winner. If Blake Griffin can ride the bench in Brooklyn, I can get a look somewhere where it's going to be a potential championship winning situation. Exactly. But but guess what happened with Blake Griffin? He got bought out. That's what happens when you are a player that has had injuries that's getting up there in age and your prime has clearly passed you. There's no way in the world I'm offering picks, play young players for LaMarcus Aldridge at 36 years old. He's not in his prime anymore. He's coming off the bench for a contender. He can win, a, he can win, probably win a championship, you know, be a solid piece off the bench. But LaMarcus Aldridge, he's not in, a con, um, in the consideration for like best power forward or anything like that. Yeah, he's had a good, he had a really good career. He chose to go to San Antonio. He could have chose any other teams in free agency. He could have stayed with Portland. I bet you they'd be in a better position now, but he decided to come to San Antonio to be the next Tim Duncan. It did not work out. But also in that same process, his prime passed him. No way you can trade for a guy like that and and, and bet your future on a 36-year-old. Um, Andre Drummond the same way. Same thing as Blake Griffin. That's why he's coming off the bench. <laughs> Who won today? Let's 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 put a pin in it. Who do you think made out the best? 
uh, the Bulls, the Bulls, um, I love what they did. I love how they just basically said, cool, we know we got, we're not going to wait for free agency. We're not going to wait for the draft. We're not going to wait on all these different things. These are the guys that we want, and we're going to go get them. And they did it. They made the most moves, but all of their moves, to me, make sense. And so I got to dub them the winners. How about you? Uh, I like Denver. Chicago's. I, I think Chicago is in second place in terms of the moves that they made. I think there's definitely, you know, it's all for certain that they're going to make the playoffs now with this roster. Um, it's just a matter of how Billy Donovan gets everybody going in the right direction. Um, I was worried that they were going to try to make a move and send Kobe White somewhere. I was never thinking that Zach Levine was getting traded. Um, Kobe, never. I Yo mean, boy. I mean, I feel you, but you know, stranger things have happened. But mm-hmm. I like, I, I, I agree with you. I like the Bulls, but I love what the Nuggets did. Uh, I feel like the moves that they made, it rounded their team out, and it allows them to put themselves in a position to catch the Lakers uh, and and get a home court advantage spot, top one of those top four seeds in the West. So that's I'm my surprised you didn't say. The, I'm surprised you didn't say the Clippers the way you you know how you love what Rondo's doing for that squad. You made them the best team in the West. I mean, they really didn't necessarily need. They didn't need Rondo, but that's like the perfect thing. Now they don't have any excuses as to why they won't make the Western Conference Finals, in my opinion, because what they've Ooh. been lacking, they've never been short on talent. What they've been short on was mentality and leadership. Nobody wanted to step up and be the alpha, and I feel like Rondo's going to be like, I'm not going to give y'all a chance to, to make that decision. I'm the realist, so I'm going to put y'all in the position to win. I just came off the championship. I just played with arguably the greatest player in the game and made it happen, so... I feel like this puts the this puts new life and new light on the Clippers, in my in my opinion. But Denver did what they had to do in regards to rounding out the team. Essentially, when you say like a cliche, like we're building it around this player, they essentially with today they completely built this team around Jokic. And so I love what the Nuggets did. I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets and the Clippers were in the Western Conference Finals, but that's all dependent on how soon the Lakers get healthy. And that's Absolutely. why my other question was going to be, how many games can the Lakers give up with AD and LeBron being out before they can kind of take this thing back, you know, take this thing back over? Because everybody I keep hearing saying, oh, the Lakers can get in as an eighth seed and still win the championship. That It doesn't matter about seeding for the regular season. I beg to differ. Um, I don't think it matters about seeding when it comes to the Lakers. If they're number eight, I guarantee you, as the number one seed, would you want to see LeBron James and Anthony Bro, Davis this in the first is different round? than last year, and I feel no, like no, 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 this no. kind it, of yeah. when you playing in the when you playing in the bubble, you don't have to fly nowhere, you don't have to be nowhere. When you the AFC, you don't have any type of home court advantage. You flying to every team, you flying to every city, and you said LeBron is has has uh, uh, racked up the most playoff minutes. He has 72 days to get right, and now we're seeing the effects of it. He played all those minutes and all those games, and now he's banged up. AD is banged up because they didn't come off the floor. So you telling me that when they come back and they're full strength, that coming in as a 7 or 8 seed, they don't have home field advantage to where they have to travel every other day, every two days, that that's not going to have the same effect as it did when they got injured this past month, two months? You tripping. Uh-uh. You tripping. Nah, nah, let me tell you. You talking about all these different other factors. Bugging, bro. You talking about all these different factors. I don't know. These these factors about traveling, which every team has to do, whether you home or away, you got to travel. I'm going to tell you this. I don't know what you think, but in the playoffs, 
when you get when the eight teams are set Ooh, and they set up and you got to stare Anthony Davis at 100% and LeBron James in your face 100%, it don't matter if y'all was playing on the continent of Africa, bro. That's not a, that's not a matchup you want for, seven, for one, a number one seed. I don't care. When you talk, ask, go ask your boy Rudy Gobert or Mike Conley or um, Donovan Mitchell if they think that it's going to be sweet to see the Lakers at full strength as an eighth seed. I don't see that. Now, to answer your question, will LeBron and AD out? For a month, maybe five weeks, man, the Lakers better hope they make the playoffs. They got a real shot. You just double talked yourself. Like, am I? No, no, it's not. You You asked me how long can they sit out? I believe that they can't sit out that. I mean, I believe if they sit out for a week, a whole month, that's about 16 games. LeBron just tweeted today saying he's going to be out at least three weeks. Yeah, so if he's out of three weeks to a month, that's about 16 games. I'm just doing the math. I've counted. It's about 16 games. I don't see them winning more than five, right? You add 11 losses to that column based on what's going on in, in the West. A lot of teams are separated by a couple games. They could be looking at the seventh to eighth seed, damn near ninth, based on how shit is going. And you saying it don't make a difference either way? Nah, nah. You get that you 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 get it doesn't bro so you telling me right now let me just let me just ask you a real question and let's take it off the lakers because i i see where we're going here i see what you're trying to do i'm not trying to do nothing i'm trying to no, no, i'm no, trying no, to move on to chris paul but no, no no let's no let me ask you this let's just say that kevin durant kyrie Irving, james harden decide that they don't want to play for the month they're in the same they situation. come back and they come they come back and they're the eighth seed in the east they're the same boat you telling me that you telling me they gonna have a problem for if sure. They come out, if, with if Philly, that, with, with Milwaukee, nuts. with Milwaukee, with Philly, hell yeah, hell yeah. You be lying to yourself, and now Miami retooling, hell yeah, fuck yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. One thousand percent. That would be that would be the worst nightmare for any number one seed to see in the first round, KD, Kyrie, or James Harden staring right at you. That would be terrible. I would be pissed. It would be you would have the number one seed for no reason. That's what I'm trying to get at. Utah, that's their worst nightmare to see. That's like when Clay and Steph and the Warriors almost made it to they they were trying to get in the playoffs. I think it was a, a last year or the year before, whatever. Anybody seeing them in the AFC, that's hell. That's straight hell. Would you, you don't even want to go through that. Would you bet a stimulus check on it? Because I will. I, that what? What do you, what do you want to bet? I would bet a stimulus that what, check on that it. What, that what? That, the, that they miss a month and then mm-hmm. they get in the first round and it's no problem. I disagree. And I bet a stimulus check on it. You think that when you say no, so there's a thing, okay, there might be problems, but do you think they're going to lose? To the Utah Jazz in the first round, they could. If they, can. they could. It's not a lot. Anybody can. Anybody can. Anybody can. But do you really believe that? Like in your heart of hearts? Yeah. If Utah I just saw LeBron James and Andy Davis at at full strength, we'll revisit this because I just don't. I, those are these are not players that not don't have a pedigree that don't have they're not stamped. These dudes are stamped. It's Ooh, a difference. Who's stamped? Anthony Davis is stamped just because he got a ring last year? Bro, he's stamped. Stop it. LeBron. So LeBron's not stamped? Yo, holler at me about Chris Paul. Before LeBron's I have to not jump, stamped? Before I have to jump through I, this just ask, you said, so you said, you AD, So you said, so we going on record by, uh, and Chris is saying, Chris Paul. AD and Chris, no, AD is not stamped and LeBron Chris is Chris Paul. All right. I know. Uh, we're to, to be continued. Right. So, um... <laughs> So in, in news, in the, Chris Paul, um, interesting. Chris, I, I really believe that 
you should be bringing this up because this debate that you've been having um, has really got me angry with people that agree or side with you on this. So I will I will let you bring up what your thoughts are about this Chris Ball debate that we've been having for a couple of weeks. Now. So we've been having this conversation for a couple of weeks now in regards to whether or not Chris Ball, Chris Paul is the first ballot Hall of Famer. And I'm on the other side of those things. And to a, and to a, 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 a higher degree, I've been asking or begging the question, who's a better player overall, Chris Paul or John Stockton? And everybody keeps, oh, it's CP3, it's CP3. Being prisoners of the moment, in my opinion, recency bias. So I wanted you to take your stance because my stance is if I had to take either one of them as my point guard, I'm picking John Stockton over Chris Paul. <laughs> Ah, uh, no disrespect to John Stockton, man. But bro, I just want to hear you say that. For sure. That's and cool. I just that's cool. And and, and, and honestly, that's like cool, I, I love you, my brother. I love you. But there is not a situation on this earth unless Carl Malone was sitting there on a team of mine where I would pick John Stockton to this day. over Chris Paul. Bro, there's nothing other than you telling me, okay. Let's just break it down for what it is. Please do. John Stockton is the all-time leader in assists. Boom. By a wide, by a large wide margin. It seems like one of those records nobody's ever going to catch. The point guy, right? Cool. 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 Right, right. Also, if we want to go by now, I don't know if that's your reason. I guess I need to hear your reason. Oh no, we why no, you, you can keep going. You got it. You can you in the driver's seat. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, so I'm guessing I'm just gonna name the reason why I think that you would say you would say that John Stockton is a better player than Chris Paul. And I'll fill in the blanks. Keep it pushed. Keep going. So you're saying that because he has the, he's the all-time leader in assists. Not only that, um, but continue. Keep going. He's the all-time leader in steals. Right. And then, other than that, what are you giving? What are you What are you giving me as to why you would pick? Chris, I mean, he's John the all-time leader. He's the all-time leader in uh, fewest turnovers. Uh, in comparison to Chris Paul, Chris Paul has played only he played 82 games once in his in his career. John Stockton has played it at least nine times in his career. In a in an mm -hmm. era where we mm -hmm. speak about winning, Chris Paul mm -hmm. has been to one Western Conference Finals. John Stockton yeah. has been to multiple. Western Conference. How many? Finals. How many Western Conference Finals he's been to? At least two. Uh, I need. I need at number. least. At yeah, least. Of course. Of course, he went to two. At least. At two. least. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Chris Paul in the playoffs. Right. You all right? <laughs> I'm. I'm listening to you. Are you? You are. You are. John Stockton has played. John Stockton has played. John Stockton has played more playoff games. He averages mm -hmm. a double-double in the playoffs. Chris Paul's numbers are comparable, right? He scores more, but he's not averaging a double-double in the playoffs. Not only that, but Chris Paul has played for how many teams? One, two, three, four, five. And now this is his sixth team that he's mm -hmm. playing for with the Phoenix Suns, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He averages 12 playoff games per year. Mm -hmm. So you're saying everything outside of, like, I'm just asking you. 
when you watch, because I know you've seen John Stockton play basketball, right? For sure. And you've seen Chris Paul play basketball. This is not even prisoner. At the We're moment. not talking about I'm, talent. I'm Chris like, Paul's a better. Hella. Chris Paul's a more I'm, talented no, 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 player. No, 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 I know no, no, where you're going. What are you talking about? You just asked me who the better player is. You just asked me who the better player is. You said the better player. Right. Now, if you are asking me, Chris, who's had the better career? No doubt. I can tell you John Stockton has had the better career. Sure. John Stockton had the luxury of playing with the guy who is number two all time in the points luxury. scored right now, Carl Malone. Yes, that is the luxury. That's a blessing. You got to play with Carl Malone. You and Carl Malone and Jerry Sloan sat up here. You guys played the pick and roll offense to a fucking T. It was amazing. Kill teams all day. Pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll with the same two people. Killing, killing motherfuckers all day. That's why Carmelo is where he is on points, and that's where John Stockton is where he is on assists. They, it, it just, it goes together. It's peanut butter and jelly. That's them. Okay. Now, you're gonna use that as your reason, along with Western Conference Finals. At the end of the day, and this is what this is what I mean when I say people like I don't know. Like sometimes y'all want to be analytic guys, and then sometimes y'all want to be like. I don't know, but this goalpost that you keep moving, right? <laughs> when I sit, this is, once again, y'all moving the goalposts. We used to, y'all, these people who just claim that six championships and no losses is the is the grand standard, right? For and sure. can't nobody else be compared to that, right? For sure. Now you're telling me that it's about Western Conference Finals. I'm like, it's about I'm no, conference dog, no, 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 no. This, is out, of, this is out of control now. It's about now. longevity. Now, now that, it's about durability. Now that you got to, John Stockton was in the playoffs every single year of his career, bro. Every single year. Of course he was. So you mean to tell me? So, you, so, but what, what you're saying of is, of course he and, was. But what you're saying is, the by and large, the reason John Stockton was there. Now, it wasn't because of him. It was because of Carl Malone. The same argument could be made about Carl Malone. The same exactly. exact thing. Exactly. That's why I said that's the reason why. How Carl many Malone number one number picks has John post? Stockton played with? How many lottery picks has John Stockton played with? Bro. How many has Chris Paul played with? But 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 okay, okay. Can you agree with me? Can you just tell me who the better basketball player is? Talent wise, Chris Paul. Bro, uh, every day. just who the better basketball. I keep and that this is what keeps getting my gear. I like it's grinding my gears. Bro, if we were sitting at the YMCA and it was a line Talent of point guards. Wise, like, Chris Paul's a better Chris, player. Line them up. Line them up. You, I, a bunch I of point guards. You have your major right point, but my thing Who would is, you pick? Who would you pick to run with, to hoop with? Chris Paul is the better dribbler, the better game, shooter, the better ball hand, the better game, passer. If I'm playing a game to save my mama's life, I'm picking John Stockton. Dog, why though? You're telling me that you're doing that because of his numbers that he played in a no, system for 20 fam, years? You're not listening why? to me. You're not listening yes, to I me. Yes, I am. Durability. Who's the better? Longevity. John Stockton's a better winner. John Stockton's a better leader. John Stockton is a better point guard. He has and the numbers over Chris Paul. He has the he has the length of a career over Chris Paul. He played on the dream team. He's a nine-time assist champ, eleven-time all-NBA. He's the like like what is this? Chris, like, Chris, Chris. You're trying to make on, it seem like this is an unfathomable conversation. Hold on, Chris. Is Chris Paul not 11-time All-Star? For sure. Yes, he is. For sure. Is Chris Paul, did Chris Paul not come in and was Rookie of the Year? For yes, sure. He did. For sure. Who, at, at, I want you. I want you to go. I want you to go as David West. I want you to go as Tyson Chandler. I want you to go as Blake Griffin. I want you to go as DeAndre Jordan. I want you to go as all these dudes. How they was eating for years and how they got paid. Chris Paul came to the Hornets, this little five foot nine, five foot ten guard, and was annihilating teams. I don't. Please do not. 
take Chris Paul debatable. right now, and even debatable. right now, so with debatable. the Suns, even right now with the Suns, even even yes, yeah, he Chris Paul was killing your favorite point guard night in and night out for forty games. Assists, uh, no, 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 no. He yeah, injuries, okay, injuries, but he didn't sit out because he felt like it. But I'm telling you right now, Chris Paul was a and you can I love I love when people try to throw numbers to prove a point, but then try to act like you're blind to everything else. Who is the better shooter between John Stockton and Chris Paul? It is Chris Paul. Debate. Who's the better ball handler Debate. between John Stockton? Is the okay? So who's the better ball handler between John Stockton and, and, and Chris Paul? The numbers will say John Stockton. Who's the better ball? Who? I'm not bro, arguing with you, bro. Listen, you trying no, no, to change you, the you, narrative. Chris no, Paul is the more talented player. John Stockton is the better overall player in my no, eyes. No, he's not. He has the better career, dog. How There's do you no have a better career earth. if you're not a better player, bro? Because you can. <laughs> because you know, you know how. You know how? Because you could be Robert Ori and play who's on the, the Lakers. Who's the best player on the Lakers? You could be. You could be. You could be Robert. Hold on. You could be right now. Right now, who's the best player on the Lakers? LeBron James. Who's the most talented player on the Lakers? LeBron and James. Just, oh my God. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm taking about? these headphones off. I'm, no, I'm no, 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 no. Who's I'm the most leaving. talented player on the Lakers? I'm you leaving. said Taylor Horton, Taylor Horton Tucker? Anthony, Who are you talking about? Anthony Who's the most? Fucking Davis is the most talented player on the Lakers. The best overall player but what on do you the team mean? is but, LeBron. But, and if you, okay, okay. And if you had to start a team to win a game, who would you take? Anthony Davis or LeBron? I'm taking the better overall player. LeBron. I'm not bro, taking the more talented bro, player, bro, Anthony bro, Davis. Bro, 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 That's bro. my point. What, 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 you no, no, proving no, no, no. my point. I, no, no, no. I, your point. Your, I get what your point is, but I'm saying you're you're seriously misguided check on this. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're seriously hold on. misguided. Hold on. And I'm going to let you rock. This is a terrible take. No, it's not. Hold on. Hold on, bro. one of the worst takes I've ever heard. Check it out. When Jimmy Butler had his interview, right? He went to the interview and said what? Who's the most talented player on this team? Cat. I don't Who's the most athletic player on this team? Wiggs. Who's the best player on that team? Jimmy Butler, right? If you, if you, no, by your rationale, fam, by your rationale, if you were starting a team and we use the Minnesota team, who's the player that you would pick out of all three of those players to start your team with? Your rationale, you're saying you would pick Carl Anthony Towns. My argument is I'm no, picking Jimmy no, Butler. No, no, no. Yes, we're you are, bro. No, no, we're talking about two Hall of Fame point guards. Let's move. Can we stop giving it all? Let's stop. Let's just move it right back to where we was at. Chris Paul, John Stockton. I'm telling you who the better player is. John, look, Chris Paul is the better player. Is that the ambulance coming to get you? Coming to get you because they just I, somebody <laughs> had to call somebody for uh, like a terrible take. Like, let me tell you, bro. This is no, no. This is out of control to me. This is out of control. I don't know where. I don't know where you be pulling. Where you pulling this from? Who told you to say this? I don't know if this is even you talking. But dog, I swear to, I swear to you, dog. Chris Paul is more athletic. More no, and it's not even. And let me tell you, I could keep saying it all day, but. Chris Paul is the better player. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Don't discredit that. He's made every single team that he's been on better. It doesn't matter. I don't care if he played for 50 teams. If he made 50 teams better, that means that this dude is a leader on every single team that he's been on. And it's not even a question. You've never seen Chris Paul. People get mad at Chris Paul because he's too much of a leader. What type of shit is that? Because he's too much of a leader. People be like, ah, I get on my nerves. He tell me he talks too much. That's, a, that's the sign of a leader, bro. He's a better leader than John Stockton. He's a better player than John Stockton. John Stockton has had the luxury and the blessing to be in a position to where he can have the most assists all time and the most steals all time. I'm not saying that John Stockton was a bum. Let me not say that. 
He played on a dream team. You keep bringing that up. He's a Hall of He played on a dream team. That's the greatest he, team of all hold, time. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who was who did John Stockton take? Who who was John Stockton better than Isaiah Thomas? Ask me that question. You keep saying no, better. no, 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 no. You keep no, no. saying better. You keep was John Stockton better, better than so Isaiah Thomas? Was Jack? Okay, okay. If you saw John Stockton and Isaiah Thomas sitting right there, who would you pick, fam? Please tell me who you Isaiah would pick. But, all right then. But is Isaiah Thomas number one in assists? No. Is not Isaiah Thomas number one in steals? No. Isaiah Thomas is a dog though, and that's what Chris Paul is. I'm trying to tell you, bro. You're, you're. I understand what you're trying to say. But your argument is seriously, seriously off. Like it's off. You're using stats to prove that somebody had a better career, but that does not mean that they're the better player, dog. So I'm what would you, you say? I, so what would you say about Kyrie and Allen Iverson? So here we go. With that come. So here we go. You take another the same argument. There's another argument between Kyrie and AI. Who has had the better career so far at the same times in their career? Is a is it been on the internet going crazy, right? Kyrie Irving. Honestly, to me, I brought this question up because I I don't I can't answer it. I can't answer this. I can't answer this one. Kyrie Irving, to me, is the better skilled player. This is just no doubt to me. Kyrie Irving has a better handle, better finishing at the rim, better shooting than AI. A lot of things he's better than Allen Iverson at. Allen Iverson, oh my God, a dog, a dog. A straight dog. You can go and Kyrie Irving has a championship. AI doesn't. But AI led the probably one of the worst squads I'm talking about. Not not defensively, but just worst offensive squads ever to the NBA Finals and won a finals game against Kobe and Shaq. We all saw it. I, it, like, if you forced a gun in my head and made me pick, I don't even know who I would take, bro. I respect the hell out of Kyrie Irving. I respect the hell out of Allen Iverson. I don't know who I would pick. Um, Allen Iverson, I think, would get the default vote because of what he meant to the culture and what he meant to me as a basketball player growing up. Everybody wanted to be AI. Who's a better a player? What did that have to do with culture? What, like, bro, you all over the place. Who would you, you take? Your mom is hanging from, from a rope. You got whichever one of these players, she got a bomb strapped to her. You got to pick this player or that player. If you pick this player, she lives. If you pick that player, the bomb is blowing I would probably, up. Who I would you probably, picking? I would, I would probably, I would probably pick. I don't know. I'll probably pick Kyrie. This is just be honest. But Allen, but Allen Iverson. I, that's why I said I can't pick. I don't know. Give me the situation. I'll pick. So check it out. So boom. Be honest with yourself first. Did the Sixers? Have a chance to beat the Lakers in the finals. Did you did you give them a legit chance of, of winning? No, the they championship? didn't have a chance in hell to win that finals. Not one. Not at all. Injury. So Shaq gets injured. Kobe gets injured. They don't have a chance. Yeah, but that's a hypothetical. No, it's not. Draymond got that injured. Is. The the the, the no, Cavs no, no. The won. Fi that finals is over. That finals is uh, that's history. Like I'm saying. Yes, if Kobe and Shaq didn't play for the Lakers, no, Allen I'm Iverson saying one of them. You said they have no chance, so one of them gets injured, right? Kobe nope, goes they still down. Won. They still want to have one. Okay, that's team, why. That that's why I was getting enough. that. That's what I was trying to get you to. I'm taking Allen Iverson. If I, if you in a vacuum, if you put if you trade those players or trade their errors and put them on those teams, does Kyrie do what Allen Iverson did for the Sixers? In my opinion, no. Does Allen Iverson do what Kyrie does for the Cavs or Boston at the time or the Nets now? I absolutely think that he can come in and do the exact same thing that Kyrie's doing. Hold on, why do you think, why don't you think, I mean, I'm not saying, okay, I'm not saying Kyrie can lead a team by himself, like, cause we, I haven't seen it. I have not seen it. So I can't say that. 
But when it comes to ball playing, and I'm saying who's the better player, like, see, and that's what I'm saying. What is your what is your criteria for who the better player is? Who had the better career? For me, talent is at the bottom when it comes to the <laughs> when it comes to the hierarchy because talent is, in my eyes, is potential. You feel what I'm saying? And if you don't tap into that potential, at some point, there's going to be another player that's going to outwork you. Are they an overall more talented player? No. But are they a better player because of their work ethic? We're seeing it right now with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You can argue that Jalen Brown is the best player on that team, but Jason Tatum is the most talented player. What's the difference? The work ethic. Jalen Brown mm. went to Summer League. Jalen Brown went to FIBA. He's worked on his game year round, nonstop, and he worked himself into be, he worked himself into being an All Star. Jason Tatum came into the league naturally gifted, naturally more talented, far and away than any other player on that team. At the so time. he's not working. So he not, so he didn't work on his. He's not working on his game. I'm not saying it's he's not working on his game. I'm not saying he's not working on his game. But he had a head start due to the fact that he had God-given talent, much more God-given talent than Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown has worked himself into being a better player. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you. But bro, we're speaking a lot of just like like when I'm when we sitting here and you telling me you asked me a question, the original question, like who's the better basketball player? Who is the better basketball player? Naturally, naturally I don't talented. care. I don't care about no natural talent. Y'all see, this is these little asterisks y'all keep putting. Because you're being a to prisoner of the moment. No, no, no I'm not being right a prisoner now. of the moment. I'm not being. A, I've seen John Stockton play. He's a hell of a basketball player. He would give a lot of point guards fits because of his ability to be who he is and stay in the moment of, uh, uh, as to who he is. John Stockton got a lot of steals because of their system. He got a lot of uh, a lot of <laughs> assists because of their system. There it, it, it is. But 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 bro. When I'm telling you who's the better player, how could you say that when you look at somebody and you saying who's the better player, you're taking a look and you're saying, well, the talent is the last thing I'm looking at. I'm looking at like, bro, we are looking at two players who are Chris Paul is nearing. I don't know how long, much longer he's going to play, but is he still his his story is still been written. I'm not a prisoner of the moment. I'm asking you, who is the better basketball player? Take away stats. Take away. Look at them play basketball, and who would you pick that's as a better basketball game, that's player? That's not how the game is played. That's not how the game is played. That is how you evaluate. If players. that's the case, then the most talented players will win every year, bro, and they don't. They don't. That's why your argument doesn't hold John water. John Stockton has a, doesn't have a ring, though. He has so, Western Conference Finals. He has NBA what, Finals. Moving, Chris Paul doesn't, bro. But that doesn't matter. Did he win? It matters. Win. You saying based, it don't? And I you, say it does. LeBron got to the finals ten times. So now it doesn't matter because he got there 10 times. I didn't say so it now didn't. I didn't say it didn't. Oh, okay, Chris. That's I didn't what I'm say saying. it didn't. You're now, saying it doesn't matter, and I'm saying it does. Talent only gets you so far. It's what you do with the talent that, that tells your story, as you put it. You have to be talented. You have to have the work ethic. You have to have the wins. You have to have the stats. All of that stuff encompasses you as the overall best player in the league. That's where I'm coming from. That's why, that's why LeBron doesn't win the MVP every single year. Why? That's why Steph Curry doesn't win the MVP every single year. Because, because it's not just about hard? talent, dog. Because they, they don't work hard. It's huh? not just about talent, dog. If I had to say who's the better, who's the more talented player between Kyrie and Iverson, it's Kyrie. Who's Who had more heart? Who's the better leader? Who had more work ethic? I'm going to say it's Iverson. Right. So based on that, who's the better player to you? Iverson. Okay. Iverson was more durable. Iverson, okay. Kyrie's stats might be better. He might be a more polished basketball player. But who do I want in terms of winning? I'm picking Iverson. 
So based on your standard, I swear, like you think guys like Ben Wallace are probably in your top ten centers ever. He's up. He's because up there. He, because, he's, because, don't disrespect because he, Ben Wallace. He he's, a hard. Hard. he's a Hall of Fame finalist. I know he is. I know he is. Year. Don't do it. Got you. Don't do no, it to yourself. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. Hey, look. This is a great conversation. I think that you are highly misguided. I think that John Stockton is a great player. I do believe that you you are using his stats to kind of bolster your to bolster your argument. Which, if that's what you're gonna do, then that's fine. But honestly honest to god you would sit there in a the gym and you have to pick a team to run and play basketball you would not pick john stockton you're i know right. you, li- you're right. you are lying through if your I, fucking was, teeth nigga. you're right no no you're right if i was picking a team to run and play basketball i'm picking chris paul if i'm picking a team to win in a mural to win or win to the double a championship to win or win the nba finals i'm picking john stockton because i feel like he gives me a better chance you are drunk paul. it's cool though great argument Ooh, i will let the people let, i'll let the people decide but come on bro the hell no. Yeah, I'm not folding on that. <laughs> I'm not folding. Speaking of somebody saying that they the best ever, who's the best player, Draymond Green spoke earlier this week saying that he's the greatest defender of all time. <laughs> uh, Draymond Green, I'm sorry. The Kimbe Mutombo, Alonzo Mourning, Shaquille uh, O'Neal, Michael Jordan, Giannis. You feel bro. me? Kawhi. Yep. Yep, but based on but based on, let me tell you, Draymond Green and you are sipping the same juice, the me? same juice. Me? Yes. You I said Draymond, he's not. I say I say he's I, not. I know. What I you know. mean? You think I know, he is? I know. I know. But y'all must have been sipping the same juice when he said that he is tripping. He is off the drugs. And you know what? Everybody should. Draymond Green should say should say what he said. Right? He should say what he said. Like, of course, you a competitor. You still competing right now. You've won three NBA championships you were the the defensive force behind that you were the heart and soul of the Golden State Warriors while y'all were winning but bro there's no way in hell that you can say that you were better defender than Dikembe Mutombo than Dennis Rodman and uh Hakeem Olajuwon than Michael Jordan nigga you not even a better defender than LeBron in his prime I don't even know what I don't even I don't know where he's coming from I know where he's coming from but he should just say that he's the one of the best defenders in his era when we talking all time, there's so many defenders that I could put in front of him. 15 to 20 guys that I could say were lockdown defenders, can guard multiple positions, can block shots at will. And right now, he's not even the best defender in the NBA. Currently, currently, presently standing. He's not a better defender than Ben Simmons right now. Like, that's just that's just real talk. But because, because he has accolades, because he can speak to... He went to the finals. He went to the Western Conference Finals. He won championships. Now, so 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 now he can say, yeah. So now, so now because he did that, he can he can sit up on a soapbox and tell people that he's the best defender ever. And then people will say, you know what? He did win championships. He's got the right to say what he got, what he wants. It's crazy. It's blasphemy. You see where I'm coming with this? I'm glad we brought this up. You cannot just sit up here just because you have some type of accolade that you can sit up here and say, yo, I'm the best ever. There, Like, you can't call yourself the best ever. Not in that, right? You gotta have people. And then, even so, when, Chris, if we were having the best defender ever debate, like, is he his name even coming up? Like, I, don't, I swear to God, I would never have thought of Draymond Green. No disrespect. I just would never have said Draymond Green. Tony Allen would have been Number one on my they list, probably. It. They got into it because Tony Allen spoke up and said something. And then Draymond told him, you were, you were part of the reason that we won that championship in 2017. 
and Shit. in 2015, you gave us the boost. Shit, ask Kobe Bryant, ask Kevin Durant, ask LeBron James what Tony Allen used to do. Tony Allen used to put the fear in mugs. Like it, it's just not, it's just different. And let me get let me get this straight. Draymond Green, amazing defender. I believe that he sees the play before it happens. I think he's good at beating defenders to the spot. I think that he does a great job at rebounding and pushing a break. These are all things that, you know, make you a great defender. He's won one defensive player of the year. But Dikembe Matumbo has four. Rudy Gobert got two, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he got two. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different players that have multiple. Hakeem. Like, there's so many different people who have multiple defensive player of the years that when you are saying you're the best ever, ever, once you start saying that, you got to start. Now we have to start pulling up certain stats. Like, all right. You can't really say that. You're not even in that conversation because you only have one defensive player of the year. Man, it's so many ways I can go with this conversation. I'm just saying that Draymond Green, I love the type of competitor he is. I love that he's talking his shit. I love that he feels that way because every competitor should feel that they're the best at what they do and that nobody is better than them. I don't expect somebody to ask him a question and him, him say, no, I don't believe in my mind that I'm the best ever. Fine. But if you, I don't know if you watched that interview, but he did say he felt like he was one of the best defenders in the league. And then he paused. The guy continued with his conversation and the dude almost slighted him a little bit. He said, yeah, I mean, you, you should feel that way. Then he went a step further and said, no, I really feel like I'm the best ever. That's what I had a problem with. You don't need Bill Russell, bro. Bill you fucking Russell. Words, you took the words out of my mind. We in agreement. It was, it Come was on, a man. poor choice of words, but you entitled to feel that way. Let's yeah, talk. Let's would, talk. Let's talk yeah. some NFL real quick. We'll get back to the NBA and the quick hits real quick. The Bears is on the move with free agency. They signed former Chief uh, Damian Williams to a one-year deal, and they cut Kyle Fuller from the defensive side of things. I'm still reeling off the fact that Andy Dalton is the number one quarterback. I was for sure that it was going to be Russell Wilson, and word came down they were willing to trade Khalil Mack to Seattle, and they ended up saying. Nah, we good, we good. I, like, you sure? Yeah, we yeah, good, yeah. Um, the, the Bears are just trying to figure it out right now. Uh, I I don't know what direction they're necessarily going in. I like the Damian Williams pickup though. Um, I think that he's a player, a lot of um, boom or bust potential, honestly. Um, but you saw what he was able to do in his time in Kansas City, especially in the Super Bowl when they won. So, uh, yeah, I'm not mad at that. They also, pick up, they also pick up cornerback yeah. Desmond Trufant, but they're one-year deals. When them, with them cutting Cal Fuller, they just freed up 14 mil in cap space. So what are y'all doing? Y'all freeing up all this space, but the, the the goal was to go get Russell Wilson. And now you got all this money and Andy Dalton. Well, yeah, so what's going afford, on? They couldn't afford Kyle Fuller. I was reading into that. They just couldn't afford him because they had to cut him to allow the deal with Andy Dalton to really come through, go through and the other deals that they had on the table. So uh, Kyle Fuller really got the short end of the stick with that. And now you let one of, one of the better corners in this league, a former pro bowler, um, hit the market and he'll probably be very sought after and he'll find a home. Uh, but yeah, Desmond Trufant, if he can stay healthy, he hasn't played a lot of games um, in the last few years. Um, but when he is healthy, he is a good cornerback. So um, we'll see how these moves pan out for him, man. Um, the Andy Dalton shit, he said they brought him in to be a starter. So we'll see what happens with that, too. A uh, couple of wide receivers on the move. Um, A.J. Green, longtime Bengals quarterback. He ended up going out west, joined up with DeAndre Hopkins. He picks up a deal That's with nuts. the Arizona Cardinals. It's crazy, right? 
They got a nice little whip over there. Uh, Colts resigned T.Y. Hilton uh, to a one-year, ten million dollar deal, eight million guarantee. But it's only a one. It's only a one-year deal. So that tells me that he's out of there after this season. The Bucks resigned everybody. We we talked about it a little bit last week, but they ended up shoring up the defense, bringing back and Dominican Sue on a one-year, nine million dollar deal. But one of the big stories, and of course, Adoree Jackson is back with the Giants this year. Uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, he signed with them. Three years, 39 mil, coming from Tennessee. The big story, Aaron Rodgers, right? He said he needs assurances from Green Bay that he's going to be the QB going forward beyond the 2021 season and not just a lame duck. So they've already been contentious in the media about if he's staying, if he's going for a little while now. And after they drafted Jordan Love, we thought that you kind of, you know, the right was on the wall. It's Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers all over again. But now mm-hmm. it's coming out that he's saying, like, yo, I need something long-term. Like, he's playing the same way Brett Favre did him. Like, I don't care about this kid behind me. The way Tom, Tom Brady did Jimmy G. I don't care about this kid behind me. This is my team. This is my city. So my thing is, beyond this season, do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Packer in 2022? I don't see why not. Um, a lot of this is like smoke and mirrors. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers just likes attention. Uh, just think he likes attention. attention? He likes attention. <laughs> he likes attention. He does. He does. It's, it's, it's clear as day. Sound like he somebody we know. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of all the first of all, these stars like attention. All these superstars like attention. And especially if he felt like he was being disrespected, he's going to put the attention on himself. Um, he's calling the shots now. Like, yeah, I want MVP. I mean, like, why Why wouldn't you give me any assurances? I agree with him. I need some assurance to make sure I stay. It ain't, it ain't nothing, I don't think it's nothing against Jordan Love. It's nothing against the guys that they got over there. But I'm Aaron Rodgers. And if y'all want to continue winning the NFC North every year, having a chance to go to the Super Bowl, assure me that y'all want me here. If not, I can just go. I'm not bad at it. Speaking of unfortunate, the New Orleans Saints, after they have multiple COVID violations, uh, in terms of not following the protocol, taking masks off during games, Sean Payton uh, in particular, they got a hefty penalty. They were fined $700,000 by the NFL, and they were stripped of a conditional draft pick uh, for this season, for this upcoming draft. I believe it's going to be in Cleveland where they've invited some of the prospects to be there live uh, as opposed to last year when it was all digital and they had cameras set up in certain rooms and certain certain areas of the country where the players were going to be. So the Saints took a hit with this one, bro. Yeah, they knew that they knew that was coming. Um, the NFL warned teams like, hey, y'all do it. You do it again, we will be, you know, bringing the hammer. So yeah, 700,000, ain't none to these NFL teams. So whatever. You excited about the draft, man? You going to check it out? You going to watch it on two days? I never watch a draft. I never watched the NFL draft. It's just, it doesn't give me that same excitement. It's too long. It's, it's, it's just, you know, um, I might tune into like the first 10 picks because I do want to see all these quarterbacks go and see what it, where they do end up. And of course, I keep my eyes on the Bears pick. But the NFL draft, it does, it does, it does don't do it for me, bro. I, I, it's not exciting. It's not like the NBA draft, in my opinion. Uh, too long, too many people giving their assumption and like their, you know, everybody's giving their analysis on these players. And honestly, the NFL, like, it, it don't even work like that. You know what I'm saying? That's why you got a Tom Brady who's about to go for eight championships. It was an eighth round pick. Like, yeah, I'm good on that. 
So me and my brother, when I was in high school, we used to travel to New York to go to the draft every year. That's how excited we were and how rabid we were about it. Mm-hmm. But that's the most excited I've ever been since. Uh, I had the opportunity to work the NFL draft when it was in Chicago back-to-back years. Um, it's really a television, you know, it's a television thing as opposed to a football thing. It's a broadcast, but it's boring. I, I ain't going to lie to you. There isn't, there isn't like a T-shirt toss in between picks. There's not a lot going on in between picks. It's just a bunch of standing around. Um, we kind of know who the major players are in this draft. And moving forward, like after, I don't know, when it comes to the first round, unless it's like surprise trades and things like that in the second round, third round, beyond the first round picks, like I'm really tuning out. So, um, yeah. Um, I, you know, another thing that I don't watch is because like these, like these stories, when they come out, when you watch the draft, like last year was an entertaining draft for me. I ain't gonna lie to you. Right. Um, CD Lamb snatching the phone. Um, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny seeing these girlfriends sometimes, like try to, you know, whole family there, girlfriend. Like I'm first to get the hug. Mama be like, "Move, watch out." You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Um, that, that that's kind of funny. That dynamic is funny to see. But one thing that I kind of get, and I don't know, maybe it's just me. It's supposed to be like one of the best times in these kids like life. They get drafted, the dreams finally come true, and they make it like a whole eulogy. Like like every pick is some like something negative that happened to these players. Like uh, that happened to this person in in their life. And so that's why they got drafted. No, they got drafted because they're a pretty damn good player. And that's why they got drafted, not because of tragedy. And I think they focus more, way more on the tragedies that this person has went through than the actual success of them getting drafted in the NFL. That's going to do it for the NFL, Bam. Uh, again, y'all hit us up in the mailbag, thehitmanpodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on the Instagram, the Hitman Podcast. Mo underscore Sal one and labeled and known. Those are all the handles at Instagram. Let's get off into the quick hits. First and foremost, rest in peace to the legend. Laker great Elgin Baylor. He passed away. I know like a lot of people don't know about his story, but he was averaging 30, 40 points back in his day, and he was only playing on the weekends because he was enlisted in the armed forces in the army. You know what I'm saying? Like that's crazy yeah. when we talk about the players of this era, the players of this day and age, somebody that's so dedicated to, you know, not only their, their athletic profession, but to the service of this country. Like, Elgin Baylor is a true legend, right? Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a pioneer. He's a pioneer for uh, the NBA and for, you know, black athletes. Uh, I mean, goodness gracious, Elgin Baylor was a uh, was a dog in his day. You know, um, we weren't born, but if you take a look at the stories, you hear how people talk about him. I mean, he was, you know, Mr. Laker before, you know, Magic and Word. you know all of that. So, uh, and he did his thing as, as an executive after his time playing, of course, with the Clippers. Um, so you you really have to give Elgin Baylor his flowers, um, a pioneer of the game, and definitely rest in peace to him. Uh, after some some back and forth um, from the from the Tyson Roy Jones Jr. fight on Triller, uh, it was lining up where we were gonna get Tyson Holyfield three, but there was some issues that Tyson had with Triller and he said he would he would no longer do business with them he'll never fight with them he'll never be on their network again uh anybody that's saying that you know that's the situation with him at Holyfield it's a complete lies a complete falsehood the only time he's gonna be fighting is on his uh League of Legends it's, it's his uh production his company uh and they didn't even have any plans in the works to 
have that bout go on. But Holyfield came out and said, you know, it's it's important to both of their legacies that they make this fight happen. Um, and apparently earlier this week, as early as this week, they made an announcement that they actually are in talks to make this fight happen on May 29th of this year. So are you going to tune in to, to Tyson Holyfield 3, bro? You looking for somebody to get some biting in again? Yo, are they broke? <laughs> we need to do some research on that. You think These taxes? Niggas, they, yeah, like they broke or something? Like, what's up? Like, Holyfield is saying that this fight now is important for both of their legacies? No, it's not. That's a damn lie, So you bro. saying you ain't tapping in? I mean, for free. I'm not paying. I'm not paying. I did. I said I wasn't paying the first time, and I was a sucker, and I paid. And if it wasn't for, thank God, Nick Robinson. I hope he, I'm glad he's okay. But thank God he got his ass knocked out. Or I would have been mad because I wasted God my he money. Got his ass knocked. Yeah, because shit. If he if he ain't get knocked out, it would have been a waste of my it would have been a waste of my money, bro. It would have been a waste of my money. So I'm not fight. I'm not watching that. I, this is not important to nobody's legacy. Their legacies are already cemented. They already it's already done. The boxing por portion of their lives is already done. Leave this alone. Um, who cares about Triller? Triller been making Mike moves Tyson. though. Before you do that, Triller been making moves. You know, they just bought the they just bought the versus series from Tim and Swiss. They got a bunch of dope lineups coming up. The one I'm looking yeah. forward to is the Isley Brothers versus Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's the yeah, Saturday that's cool. cleanup music extravaganza. You feel me? Yeah, no. They got Escape shout out, versus shout out to uh them. they got Escape versus uh SWV. They got yeah. some stuff. They just they yeah. just did Ghostface and uh and Rayquan the other day. Yeah, um okay. See, I'm going to be this guy. Do you believe that everybody who does versus has 20 records that they can play? No, not at all. All right. I'm, wait, all I'm still waiting on Justin Timberlake versus Usher. I'm still waiting on Mary J. Blige versus Missy. I'm still waiting on uh, 50 Cent versus uh, uh, T.I. You feel me? I'm waiting, yeah. on, I'm waiting on the real versus. But, I mean, this was more so about Triller than it was about versus. I'm just saying, like, you was like, yeah, nah. Fuck Triller. Like, well, they, I mean, well, they, they doing well, their thing now. Well, 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 not fuck Triller as far as the company. Fuck Triller as far as what it has to do with Mike Tyson talking about I'm not fighting no Triller. Fuck Triller. Fuck any of this League of Legends. Like, bro, I don't want to see you fight no more. I'd rather see Mike Tyson do a podcast, have guests on there, talk his shit, put fear in the people by talking crazy because I love seeing that. Um, I, it's more entertaining to me than watching him get in the ring at 60 years old, you know, tired as hell, huffing and puffing, about to pass out and croak over. Like, no, nah, I'm good on it. Speaking of Mike Tyson, shout out to Jamie Foxx. They finally got the deal done. Initially, he was going around saying that he was trying to make a, a biopic playing Mike Tyson. Instead, Jamie Foxx has opted to play boxing great Mike Tyson in a new biographical limited series, according to Variety. The series is simply titled Tyson. And it's, um, it's set up at, as a network and streaming services production, but will no doubt find quickly the given names attached. Antoine Fuqua, who's obviously a, a famed director, Training Day, The Equalizer, you know, Denzel Washington, but they packed on as an executive producer, Martin Scorsese, dog. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. It's going down. Um, Jamie Foxx has what it takes and more to play this role. Um, no doubt about it. I don't have no worries about this. Now, this is what I'll pay for. I'll pay for this. <laughs> I'll, I'll pay for this. I'll watch this. Uh, everything about it just sounds like it's going to be dope. Can't wait to see it. Let's stay with boxing. Junior Lightweight 
champion Javante Tank Davis was indicted on the 2020 hit and run crash. Davis was charged with 14 counts related to the hit and run that occurred in Baltimore last November. The Baltimore City State's Attorney's Office has announced if convicted of these 14 counts, Tank Davis could face up to seven years and 55 days in jail. I'll run down the charges real quick, bro. I just want to get your reaction. Four counts of failure to remain at the scene of a crime. Failure for the driver in the accident to render assistance to the injured party. Driving on a suspended or revoked license. Failure to furnish an active license. And a slew of other charges. I don't want to even go down all of these, but... Man, not looking good for, for Floyd's boy, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is just a wake-up call. Not even to him, but, like... We've been having a whole bunch of wake-up calls, but, like, black men, for us, like... Yo, when we in a position where we can do better and we can... We mean a lot to... I'm pretty sure Tank Davis means a lot to people around him. Um... Not only because he is, you know, a great boxer, but what that provides for him, you know, opportunity that provides for the people around him. And he's got to understand that, like the choices he makes, like this choice that he made right here can, can take away everything. You know, if they if they try to if they try to, you know, go that way and, you know, they don't they don't look he's going to walk up in that courtroom. They're not going to give him no they're not going to do him no favors. You know what I'm saying? So we just as as black men, we got to understand our value and what we mean to not only to ourselves but to the people around us um and just make better choices be better that's all i can say just be better bro pascal siakam was fined fifty thousand dollars for his uh comments against head coach nick nurse this was another one of the names i was looking to be on the trade wire uh to be moved but he stays put in toronto despite there being a friction between him and the two-time uh coach of the year that's just that's just two two people that just want to win. He's not getting traded. They they cashed him out. Um, Nick Nurse, he speaks his mind. You gotta respect that from a coach. He speaks his mind. He don't. I, I, he called out Siakam last year when he was in a bubble, saying I don't know where I don't know what's going on, but he needs to start playing like that player that we know he can be. Um, he's never been the type of person. This is nothing new. So. Um, either Siakam is going to have to toughen up, you know what I'm saying? But you also love the fire that he's showing, like talking back to his coach. They just want to win, man. And they want, they were losing. They lost that night. That was a ninth game in a row they had lost for a champion team. A championship team lost, losing nine games in a row. That's going to boil over. So they'll get over this. They'll move on and, and they'll start to win some games. USA Today reports a minor league baseball player is facing drug charges after police in Colorado found 21 pounds of methamphetamine and 1.2 pounds of oxycodone pills in the Chicago Cubs <laughs> prospects duffel bag. Hey, Jesus Camargo Corrales, 25 years old of Tempe, Arizona, appeared in Eagle County Court on Thursday on charges including unlawful distribution of methamphetamine and oxycodone, both Class 1 drug felonies as well as charges of unlawful possession for each drug, both Class 4 felonies. Major League Baseball's website said he was first signed to the minor league contract with the Cubs in 2014. He ain't on yeah, the Cubs man. no more. <laughs> that is, hey, you man. saw the picture of this shit? Yeah, that boy is trapping. He's trapping for real. Like, you know, uh, uh, this reminds me. And why is this always players that play for these Chicago teams? I don't know if you remember a minute ago. Um, player that used to play for the Bears, Sam Hurd. 
was pretty much running the whole operation in Chicago, drug operation in Chicago. I had somebody um, ask me, I had somebody ask me not to cut you off. I had somebody ask me yesterday, do you think NBA players or you think professional athletes still have bricks in the hood? I'm, Absolutely. It's a bunch of Z-Bows out there. You know, I can't speak on that, you know. but <laughs> This is this is proof. This is proof, dog. What you mean? Of yeah, course I mean, they got money on the street. Yeah, you you know, some of these players come from different situations. And, you know, as much, it don't matter that, like we just talked about Javante. You know, it don't matter what your situation, you know, what you are now. You probably come from a situation where that, that was normal. What This isn't probably normal to him. I don't know how normal this is, but damn. Bro was moving serious, serious weight. So, <laughs> I, like, I'm going to tell you this. I've seen a comment that was saying that, well, he can't be the only player on that team that's doing that. Like, and, and like, moving throughout the clubhouse and shit like that with, with it. Now, this may open up a can of worms, but um, I think after seeing him get busted and seeing how that went down, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't keep their shit on tuck. Man, speaking of bricks, you catch snowfall last night, dog. Yeah, man, that was Shit. a good episode. Yeah, that's a good episode yeah. right there. Uh, they just got sweet. renewed for a fifth season too. Shout out to yeah. shout out to the shout to out. the crew and snowfall. Yeah, man. I mean, what else can I say? Every week I'm gonna come on here and say it. It's the best show on TV. Uh, yeah, it's a lot going down. You know, uh, the dynamic of what that fucking what crack did to not necessarily to the hood in LA but now they moving now they moving it they they're moving the it all culture, across man. the world they crippled the you know culture. what I'm saying and, and and you know it was a very intense moment when you know remember they took that product to the south and they was asked like man you telling us don't smoke it don't 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 mess with it what, what y'all trying to do yeah. what well, yeah what is y'all trying to do and it was a very like you know i i love that scene because there was so much in it like you know what it's about to do but you can't stop and it's gonna bring you money it's gonna change your life but is it really gonna change your life for the better she knew the real answer but could not say it um super crazy i love that episode love love the show next next episode is gonna be crazy too so, so i gotta take that you probably not gonna like or agree with what this nigga saying is a fuck up dog like for no, real no he's fucking up everything he doing everything he's but doing but this is has been that since the beginning it's a dope show He's an amazing yeah. character. Uh, uh, Dancing Idris is a is a amazing actor. He has yeah, never been on top of game. He's never been on top of uh, on top of the game. Season one, he got robbed. He had to get my man raped in order to get the info about uh, about where his stash was at. He got a murder rap because he killed his next door neighbor. Was up in jail with with the guy that robbed him. You feel what I'm saying? Like, and everybody's taking the fall around. Yeah, you him. think that? Yep. You think that? It, Hey, the drug game ain't sweet. It ain't all roses. But he ain't Marlo Stanfield. Like, he ain't Stringer Bell. You feel me? He ain't Ghost. He not Jamie St. Patrick. He don't got. And that's what. And that's what. Ma- <laughs> that's what makes it amazing, bro. That's what makes it amazing. That's what makes it. I think that's what makes it the best show on TV. It's real. It's real. Some shit that you do, you try to cover up for some more shit. You doing some more shit to cover up some more shit, and ain't none of it working. You've been like, let's take drugs out of it. You've been there before. I've been there before. Like, damn, I'm trying to do something. Let me try to do this to get, you know what I'm saying? To to cover up this mistake. Let me do this to cover up this mistake. And it just ain't nothing working. Hey, 
That nigga's in some trouble though. I ain't, <laughs> in some trouble though, man. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. He I don't been know where trouble. it's gonna go he next been week. In trouble. The preview is it, shit. It don't seem like it's gonna stop. I'm gonna tell you this. This that reporter. She better. Uh, I don't know how much. I don't know what her life expect, expectancy is on this show, but it don't seem like as long on the way she going. One more, one more quick hit. The NFL has announced a uh, a new national television deal. Keeping games on ESPN slash ABC, Fox, CBS, NBC, and now Amazon, who has exclusive rights to Thursday night football. As it pertains to ESPN and ABC, the Monday night football games will, f- for the near future, be double headers, where one game is shown on ESPN and the other game is shown on ABC. Uh, Shades of old with Pat Summerall and John Madden. Uh, ABC picks up two Super Bowl broadcasts, which is unprecedented. This is the first time uh, the first Super Bowl that they'll host will be in 2026 with the other uh, traditional networks hosting the rest of the Super Bowls. ESPN package also adds six games to their network during the season. Obviously, again, there'll be three Monday night double headers um, streaming on ABC, ESPN and ESPN Plus. But for the first time ever, ESPN's Monday Night Football program will be able to flex games out. Now, what that means is uh, it's a practice that's been used where you want a more uh, enticing matchup because they picked the, the obviously they 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 picked the schedule earlier in the season before the season starts and if you're stuck with a with a you know with a with a bad game that's the game that you have to air or if you're stuck with a game where you think it's going to be a great matchup Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady and then two weeks in Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady gets hurt they're not playing that game even though that's who you'd be tuning in for so the flex games allows for these teams to allows for the network to basically interchange games that they may want so if a story develops with one team if lamar jackson gets in the mvp form but they're not on national television they can choose to pluck that game and put it in uh substitution for the game that they may have originally had so uh, this is a major move for the nfl and for disney in particular um because now this gives them firing power to you know again get that super bowl cachet to have that footprint and to make more money for the network so shout out to espn shout out to uh the nfl and all parties involved in regards to making that brand new deal happen yeah tomorrow's mx day i know you excited about it bro i got a couple of stories for the sneaker rundown but i'm gonna give you what's coming out first go ahead all right so boom a return of the classic March 26, the Air Max 90 Bacon. It's 140 bucks. They was doing raffles out the ass all week. So your last shot is to catch them on the sneakers app tomorrow. Chances are you might not get them. March 27th is the Air Max and Clot collab. The net colorway, 150 bones. Also on the 27th is the Air Jordan 5 Retro Stealth, $190. I'm not getting this one. I had it in 06. I don't like the way they brought the colorway back with the black involved, but they still decent nonetheless. March 29th, the Women's Dunk Low College Navy, as well as the Women's Dunk Low Medium Curry colorway. They're both 110 bucks on the sneakers out. Uptempo Pippins. March 29th as well. The Air Structure OG, March 30th. Air Jordan 9, March 31st. To end out the month of March, to change the world colorway. And to round out the sneakers calendar, the Air Tune Max Dark Charcoal uh, drops on April the 3rd. 
I'm trying oh, to get them Atmos oh. threes. I heard that they they gonna do a surprise drop tomorrow, so I'm gonna get up early and see if I can cop them. Those are one of the hard bodies of all time. Air Maxes. I don't know what your favorite Air Max is though, bro. Uh, do I have a favorite Air Max? I just I think I will say this. I don't necessarily have a favorite Air Max. I love the Air Max 95s, but right. um, I s- transitioned over and my favorite pair of Air Max is the Air Max 1s. Um, yeah, hard body. I don't know what yeah. it is about them, but I'm yeah, with I you. love the Air Max 1s. Uh, I collect them. Um, they're just comfortable. I can wear them with shorts. I can wear them with jeans. I can, they just so they just I love them. So I don't necessarily have a favorite one, but those Atmos, if they drop those tomorrow, that's gonna be that's a must cop. So look, I'm gonna read this story to you about your boy, uh, Joe Hibbert. We thought we was done with it, but he's still in the news, man. <laughs> so according to inputmag.com, right? His mom was fired and Hibbert was fired as the, the North American vice president for Nike, right? Okay. Do you know the day after, or back-to-back days after she was fired, your boy went back to the Nike outlet store and spent more money? $600,000 he spent. Yeah, he on he, he on a different type of time. Y'all not about, yeah, it's, I know it's about to be over, so I'm about to get one last hurrah. Oh, on contraire, mon Fred, that's the thing about it. You saying it might be over, and it's not. Apparently, because Hebert was not fired, she got a buyout and chose to resign, she still gets lifetime privileges from Nike, including family discounts. The rich get richer. Unbelievable, dog. Yeah, just step down. Paperwork, you taking paperwork pulled up that she was a part of his West Coast Streetwear's LLC registration, and she was the sole proprietor of the credit line for his business. Yeah, how else was he gonna do it? How else was he gonna do that? I mean, this is like honestly, it's not it's not surprising to me. I mean, like I said, the rich get richer. They find out ways. There's no way you can literally. You, there's no way you can get her in trouble for it. He didn't abuse. He just abusing it. But they may, maybe there's a way that he can appeal. Like he's paying them money. They like shit. He giving us six hundred thousand dollars. Do what you want. It's kind of fucked up, but it is what it is. So Sarah Mensa replaced Hibbert uh, as the North American VP for Nike. Several Nike employees uh, who chose to remain anonymous because of the culture behind home team and keeping things in-house, they're, they're kind of fearful for their jobs. They said that there's a disparagement when uh, Errol Admin, who Adnum, who we who we talked about on the show a couple podcasts ago, um, a designer for Nike who defrauded the company out of 1.4 million, uh, was running you know a marketing scheme, and then Kyle Yamaguchi who stole over 600 pair of limited edition sneakers from Nike and then sold them to private collectors to upwards of twenty thousand dollars a pair. They both were crucified. They both you know faced criminal charges, but this one. <laughs> takes the cake. This is bigger than both of those cases, and yet she walked away scot-free outside of losing her job. My question is, if she didn't do anything wrong on paper, why was she forced to resign from the company? Uh, if, if no laws were broken, and if she didn't violate any company policies, why did she leave? Uh, I would say I would say that she wasn't forced to leave. She probably didn't feel like dealing with that shit. She knew what was coming out. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be dealing with this. I did my time. Nike has been a good run. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, 
ride off into the sunset and let my son keep running it up. Shit. That's how they do it, bro. You already know. It's not even like you. It's so many ifs and buts, but it's. I think it's as simple as I don't feel like dealing with this shit no more. I'm out. What kind of cop? Did you do any cops this week? I didn't. I didn't get anything for myself. And honestly, bro, I think I'm chilling until April. Uh, I know the Raging Bull fives are gonna be coming out soon. I got my eyes on the um, the 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 Lightning Fours later on this year, but I think I'm sitting still on cops, bro. I ain't really impressed by nothing that's coming out. I caught yeah. I caught my little niece the uh, the Georgetown threes for her birthday last week. Shout out to Aaron. She's the one that y'all hear whenever we do the drops. You feel me? That's Aaron. But I don't think I'm getting nothing for myself. I don't think I'm getting a personal pair, bro. No, I'm chilling. Uh, I always say I'm chilling, but it could be. It, it just depends with me. I don't wait for love to sneak a run down, but you know some shoes I just I just get like you know you know how I am. Whatever. I got a pretty diverse collection of shoes and whatever I feel like copping, I'll cop on whatever day. Um, but I'm kind of with you on this. I'm chilling right now. I'm good, man. Summertime's coming up. Let me get you out of here on this. It's going to be a real quick question, real quick gang show. What's good? We talking point guard since that's the topic of conversation today. What's the word? What country? was the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, the back-to-back MVP, the incumbent Hall of Famer, Steve Nash. What country was Steve Nash born in? You have 30 seconds to give me your answer, and your time starts now. Not even gonna hold you. If it ain't Canada, I don't know. So my answer would be Canada. <laughs> the hell was he born at? So although <laughs> he played for the Canadian national team and he, you know, is a big supporter of Canada, Steve Nash was born in South Africa. Oh, this remember. is right. I didn't think. I didn't think. I heard about that before. This is something I actually heard. You're a good question. Damn. I should have put a little bit more thought into it, shouldn't I? the fuck we're gonna get out of here with the shout outs uh my shout out goes to megan mcpeak nia curse kayla gray and kate beerness and of course amy otterbert they are the first all-female nba broadcast team in history and they did their broadcast last night with the nuggets and the Raptors. So salute to those ladies as we close out Women's History Month. Um, Absolutely. One of the ladies remarked last night when Kyle Lowry walked off the floor, they said this might be the last time we see Kyle Lowry in a Raptors uniform, and they, they referred to him as the greatest Raptor of all time. Now, hmm. this, is, this is debatable for real. Shout out to them, though. But it's very, but it's, it, it, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. And you thinking about the greatest Raptors of all time, it's him and Vince Carter. Take your pick. Who your There's nobody outs? else. Who your shout outs, bro? Uh, actually, my shout outs is, is kind of funny, but uh, shout out to uh, my boy Kelly. <laughs> Uh, friend of the show, what up, Kel? Friend of the show, <laughs> Kelly's a friend of the show. 
And the reason why I'm giving him a shout out is just because maybe he, I don't know. Have you talked to Kelly? Not today, no. All right. Uh, I'm not going to put this solely on Kelly. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but we had an interesting conversation last week, right? To start off our show. A lot of people found it very interesting. Uh, funny. <laughs> to say, it's a funny to say the least, right? Word. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Straight. Uh, so, you know, I saw our conversation centered around a basketball analogy as to, you know, what type of player we were when we were in college. We just use basketball analogies, right? Um, I was told that we might need to go to the review booth for a two-minute review because we may have been out of bounds. For me? For my cup? <laughs> for my cup? Yeah, oh, man. They talk, They said we got to review. They said we got to review the tapes, man. They said we got to review. There might have been a foot out of bounds. You know, we got to check it, replay it, take okay. a zoom in on it and make sure that, you know what I'm saying, everything's okay. copacetic. Okay. Now, nah, that's y'all another combo. Y'all want war. Y'all want to choose, <laughs> choose violence. All right, cool. You know, right, um, cool. nobody nobody wants to step up and, and, and really, like, put their name to it. But, you know, Kelly... Kelly, uh, he, he was pretty adamant about, you know, telling me that we need to probably review it, you know, but he, it's love at the end of the day. We can, rev- we can kind of revisit this conversation on another day. Um, but nah, shout out to Kelly. He's a friend of the show. Uh, I feel like he does need a shout out because he supports us. Um, this dude li- literally calls every week and that's uh, cause I know he's watching. Oh, he's listening. You know, um, uh, I don't think I ever really gave him a personal shout out. So um, just my shout out to Kelly, man. Funny conversations, funny dude, cool dude, great father, uh, great human being. And I think he has a podcast on the way. So um, we'll see what happens with that, man. I'm, I'm glad to see him taking that journey. So that's my shout out. Straight up and down. Well said. We appreciate y'all tapping in. Don't forget to hit us up on the yes, mailbag. Hit us up on the Instagram. And always remember... Mm-hmm. What happened here was a miracle, and I want you to f-ing acknowledge it. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Can Catch you next week. Holla. Oh, a spectacular move by Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant just sucked the gravity out of the target center. Oh!